Hello, listener. It's New Game Plus, your pixel perfect podcast for all things gaming. I'm your host, Antonio. And your co host, also Antonio today. Daniel is letting me fly solo on this one. Uh, but I will be I will be doing my best today. And today we have a very special guest. Um, me and Daniel have been playing this amazing indie game uh, by the name of No Straight Roads, and we have both been absolutely in love with it. And as soon as we both completed it, uh, we I began like poking Dan, saying like, "Hey, can we get like people from the from like the team or had that had involvement in, in this game on on the podcast?" Because I just need to gush about this game. And so we reached out to um, our guest today, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Um, hi, my name is Az Samat. I'm the, I, well, I'm a jazz guitarist, composer, music educator from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And I'm also the composer for the DK West Encounters levels in No Straight Roads. Mm-hmm. So you heard it here, guys. We have the composer for the DK West songs uh here uh probably like one of my favorite parts of the game uh like when when it was introduced when when the first level was introduced i i loved his character i loved the music and i think you did an absolutely amazing job and i'm so happy to have you on thank you so much for uh allowing us some part of your time today welcome my pleasure thanks for having me of course all right so let's let's just get right let's get right into it today um, so, uh, with the, with the DK West songs or with your, with your involvement with No Straight Roads, did the team at Metronomic actually like give you any direction for the songs or like, did you have full creative control? Um, so what happened with, with that is, yeah, yeah, there's, there's an outline, there's a general outline on how the story develops over the verses and each over for each encounter but i gotta say that uh you know both has and daim and id who is the scenario writer they, they gave me a lot of free room to sketch it out so you know certain things like you know the horn of mending you know that you know references to certain uh key events in the story before or after uh those were those were there but in terms of like if you if you if you see in the in the lyrics, if there's puns, if there's references, things like that, that was pretty much free reign for me to develop it. And um, so there's a lot of creativity and there's a lot of elements involved from uh, the Malaysian music element, from the DK Barat thing, to the hip hop element, to the rap battle thing. So it was, um, yeah, I had I had a lot of I had a lot of free room to to develop it and put a lot of personality and storytelling in in the all all the three levels, uh, the DK West levels. Mm-hmm. And and I have to say, like I've I'm still personally stuck on level two. Uh, the the developers for the uh, the actual levels made it very very challenging, but I <laughs> love I love the lore that you put in. Like every subsequent level, like gives you another like glimpse into both DK West's past and another one of the main characters. And mm. it's it's really, really cool how you how you wove that narrative in like so seamlessly. Yeah, I um, think the um yeah, I mean you you first. Um oh no, please continue. The, uh off of off of my comment, please. Yeah, I mean um I think that the thing that I, I really like with Haz is that, you know, a lot of it's driven by kind of the emotion. So like when even when I wrote uh, those levels, I'm really glad that you know you like the lore, you like the storytelling and how it develops because um, 
to me, so much of the writing for that is number one, telling the story. Number one, you know, uh, making sure the emotion comes across. And you know, I think has told me from the start, like you know, this this is you know, sibling kind of sibling rivalry, you know, like issues between siblings. So there's there's a lot of things that if you know, if you have if you have brothers and sisters, you could probably relate to how that felt. And also, um, there's a lot of emotion in every single line. It develops, it intensifies, and throughout the whole thing. So I'm glad you like the storytelling. I'm, I'm glad you 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 like how that uh, flowed. Mm-hmm. And um, you kind of touched upon it a little bit earlier, but what were some of your influences when composing the DK West songs? So for the DK West songs, um, uh, it's a for me, it's a mix of like '90s hip hop. I grew up listening to a lot of '90s hip hop. I started off listening to really mainstream stuff like you know, like TLC, Crisscross, mm-hmm. gangster rap. I went to Craig Mack. Uh, went back listened to Trap Called Quest Outcast things like that mm-hmm. um, but especially when I was writing the DK West thing I was going back to those 90s hip hop things I was checking out a lot of like rap battles on YouTube and just seeing how that flowed and the interesting thing is uh, it's not a rap just a rap battle and it's not really a Malaysian song it's a combination of that so like I also listened to a lot of Malaysian traditional music um, the form that I mean DK West uh, references DK Barat, which is um, a, a style of music uh, in Malaysia, where uh, you know you would have it literally. You know when you see all the the shadow, his you know his group of shadow like people at the back there, right, singing mm-hmm. the chorus DK West, DK West. He's I mean that is a, a real Malaysian thing. You know you would have a chorus of like I don't know eight, twelve, twenty, thirty people or something like a lot of people at the back and singing, uh, and the the guy in front who would be leading that. Uh, in, Malay, in Malay, they call it Tukang Karut. We'll be telling a story. So the story develops kind of in verses. And then you would have the chorus at the back. And that is a very Malaysian thing. Uh, and then I remember when I was in college, music school, right? Uh, one of my um, Malaysian music history teachers said that DK, like the whole DK Barat thing is like, it par- there's so much parallels with hip hop anyway. So when, when this opportunity mm-hmm. came about, it's like, ah, finally I can put them together and like try to blend it. But also, I didn't want to, I didn't want to make it like, you know how sometimes people put in like a sample of something just to like, oh, we're going to make it, you know, like, you know, like Spanish or, you know, Arabic or something. And and it's like, mm-hmm. kind of, you, you, you just like put it, force it in. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make it really um, represent Malaysia in a real way and also represent all the other elements, you know. And I grew up, because I grew up listening to hip-hop that, you know, in fact, before I picked up guitar, I was rap- I was rapping before I was a guitarist. Nice. <laughs> so it's like, it's a real throwback. Um, and to me, um, like, like other influences, for example, uh, there's a there's a growing and quite a big Malaysian hip hop scene. So I listen to a lot of like Malaysian hip hop. There's a there's a duo called Too Fat. Uh, they actually years ago they did a collaboration with Warren G. And um, they they also did solo careers Malik and Joe Flizzo. There's another rapper here by the name of Ultimate, and um, listen to his stuff as well. Um, so uh, there's a lot of a lot of things I checked out. And if you listen to DK West Encounter 1, 2, and 3, uh, the styles kind of develop. If you listen to the first one, it's really a throwback to like, I don't know, 
or like late 80s early 90s based on mm-hmm. the rhythms you listen to it it's not it's not like current hip hop it's really a throwback to like late 80s and early 90s hip hop the rhythms are much more simpler there's a lot of space in it and you know when you go to encounter 2 where everyone most I, i haven't started it i'm going to be playing it on twitch soon uh that one is like more intense so that that's uh, for those kind of levels if you hear when it gets wordy I listened to a lot of Eminem. I was transcribing a lot of Eminem to understand how uh, he would rhyme things and use different rhythms. And um, and even if you checked out some of the early hip hop stuff, like not so much now, a lot of the things are very very asymmetrical, meaning that the verses in some early hip hop it wasn't like the same number of bars as opposed to now it's pretty even if it's like you know you're trading 16s or 8s right it's the same number of mm. bars uh, but in the back in the day you know not everything not every verse had to be the same length and mm-hmm. uh, so i i was i was doing that on purpose because uh, as you as you will encounter in the level it's uncomfortable and it's partly uncomfortable because the verses are not not symmetrical by design <laughs> so yeah there yeah like there will be some sections where like the, yeah it just went like really uh, short quiet, and then like the one afterwards like wait oh what the, what the heck mm-hmm. oh, okay cool. uh yes yeah, so, i mean that, that's part of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yes uh, so was this your first time composing music for a game yeah it is actually my first time composing music for a game um although this wasn't actually my first time in game music my Uh, when I used to live in I used to live in the Bay Area, I used to live in San Francisco, and I was in a I played um, played a gig with a video game music band when I was in the Bay Area, and when I moved back to Malaysia, uh, my first video game related gig was playing for the Final Fantasy Distant Worlds concert. Basically, the first time uh, Final really? Fantasy Distant Worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first like orchestral. I I I played. Um, Dear friends and Vamo Ala Flamenco. So I was the classical guitar soloist for that. Uh, oh my god, first... that's so cool! Yeah, dude, Sorry, it was, I'm, it was... I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. So like hearing that you performed at Distance Worlds and performed one of my favorite songs, Vala Ala Flamenco, is that is crazy song. Yeah, it's such a good song. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one, man. Yeah, that was that was my entry to uh, actually performing video game music, and it's like it was quite intense because um, it was. Um, Yeah, it was a sold out concert. It was the first time Final Fantasy Distant Worlds uh, did the thing in Malaysia and I I wasn't that first concert. I wasn't even like uh, a sectional player. I was the soloist. So I I would come in and, you know, perform this piece and then, you know, go out perform the other piece, you know, and uh, it yeah, it was it was such an experience. Um uh yeah, so that was my and, and I did that Uh, those concerts, and then I did uh, Final Fantasy: A New World, which is the the chamber concerts, and that one I played for like the entire concert. It was like a lot of pieces, um, like I don't know, like twelve to fourteen uh, pieces, and that that was really really fun um, as well. Uh, challenging music, really good music. You know, it's it's all the way from Final Fantasy One, and until then it was until I don't think fifteen was out yet. It was probably until thirteen or something by that time. Um, so a lot of music from all the different Final Fantasy games, and what happened from that was uh, I started uh, I started uh, really getting into performing solo guitar versions of video game music. So I would play like I, I played stuff um, 
like I played a video game and anime music. So I did stuff from the Studio Ghibli stuff and also mm. uh, Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger. Um, I I would play those and I played at uh, there's a thing in Singapore called Game Start. It's basically kind of a game convention. So mm-hmm. I did that, and I did another big game convention, a game and uh, ACG convention here in Kuala Lumpur as well. Um, and I started doing that. Uh, actually, I did uh, I did one gig be- uh, before one performance at Lemon Sky Studios, and they're part of the. They do a lot of the art for uh, like stuff like I think they did stuff for the Avengers game, uh, and they did stuff for they did the. The new versions for the Warcraft games, you know, you know how they did the remastered ones. That's the studio that did uh, th- those remasters. They're based in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So I did a I did a gig in uh, in their their uh, office basically before. So I, so anyway, my my point is I, I was performing the video game music stuff, and then I've I've been going and kind of getting into uh, kind of the game dev scene and going for like conferences, and so this was my first opportunity to actually compose for video game. Um, but I've I've been doing like video game music related performances for for years for a few years before that as well. Like actually, probably I don't know five, six, seven years or something like that. That is an amazing track record, and wow, <laughs> very 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 amazing. Thank um, you. So, is there any is there any difference between like composing music for like a video game per se and like trying to compose a music for? Uh, like a like a personal gig or like your own your own your own music. Uh, yeah, it's kind of different because uh, I think the the main thing is uh, when I'm composing for my own uh, records or albums or projects, right? Uh, it's pretty much I. It's a solo thing, right? So I dictate like what's the direction and what's what what am I gonna what's the emotion that I'm gonna uh, relay across? What's the story that I want to tell? And I I do instrumental music for my own solo records as well, and so this one was interesting because um, this the the thing about video game storytelling is that you experience it in um in a not everyone experiences it slightly different, uh, mm-hmm. especially like you know because. How how many times are you gonna repeat DK West Encounter 2? It depends, you know. Some people they might go through it, you know, after a few times and they go past the level, so they only it's a short amount of time. But for some people, you might spend an hour or two hours, you know, going through it again and again, trying to get across the level. So it, there it, there is that difference. And in terms of if you compared it to film music, for example, because I've done music for short films. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, yeah, the the first the first soundtrack that I did was. Uh, for this short film um, and um, what's it called? Oh man, I can't recall it right now. But anyway, I did I, I did a score for that, and um, and that one is is very linear, meaning that the visuals are set, and so the music just uh, and heightens the storytelling for that. And basically, if you're watching a movie or short film, you're watching it from beginning to end. And with video games, right, you start, stop, start, stop. You know, depending how long the game is. And also uh, with uh, video games, especially, it's such a huge team. You know, there's so many people involved from the, you know, the character design, the the back background, the storytelling, the voice actors, and stuff like that. So uh, there's a lot of things involved there. So like even for DK West, when I wrote it, right, uh, I began with the demos of the the tracks, and there's a lot of music. There's a lot of storytelling that happens in the DK West thing. I think uh, my original demos were between probably 18 to 24 minutes long. And a little bit piece of trivia, um, the original demos I had for the third encounter, right? 
uh, well, you have you haven't you haven't played it yet, but you know the third encounter mm-hmm. actually had the choruses inside, but in the in the final version of the game, you only hear the verses. So oh. and uh, yeah, so th- that's the other thing with video game music. Video game music because it's not just that the music has to work; the music has to work within the context of the story and the gameplay and the experience of the player. And um, has is he's very big on the user experience thing, you know. So. Um, it has to work uh, in in terms of the overall game thing, so so that that's the thing. And there, there's a lot of things that 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 are uh, that change over time, you know. Like uh, I did the demos, and then um, for the and the demos uh, have like I really put in all the everything I did was deliberate. So let me just say that. So like you know, I'm very happy. You know, I'm super psyched that people are saying DK West, DK West. He's our man. man he's the best. The, the fact that people. Yeah, the fact that people all around the world are like tweeting that or like putting that on Reddit or re- responding that on video, that that was something that I, I was planning that when I wrote the chorus, right? I was deliberately like, how can I make something very catchy, something that would be stuck in your head and that people would be singing? And mm-hmm. that uh, that whole chorus is very Malaysian, you know? It, it has that DK West. If I sing it in a very Malay accent, He'll probably mm. sound like DK West, DK West. He's our man, he's the best. DK West, DK West. He's our man, he's the best. Hey, what? You know, so there is a very kind of a folkloric vibe to it, and it's it's meant to be very catchy. So I'm very happy that people are singing it because it means that oh, okay, what <laughs> people are singing along with it. Um, and uh, a lot of the the rap stuff in the uh, in the in the lyrics as well. I man, I threw in so many references. I'm waiting now for people to, to to figure out where all the references are because there's so much stuff I threw in in the mm-hmm. lyrics. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I guess that's the thing. Uh, and also the the other thing is the difference with the video game thing. I had the demos, and the tracks you hear at the back, um, the uh, the team roped in Clyde Rabatel. So if you listen to the actual music in the in the that uh, the rapping's happening over. That's by uh, this French rapper, Clyde Rabatel. Mm-hmm. So he he did uh, those tracks at, based on my demos. And then uh, there's also French, the French version and also the English version. And uh, um, the the main music, uh, kind of the music director for the whole game, Falk Young. He, he basically um, uh, did the, the Malay, there's some Malay instrumentation that happens in the track. So he added that uh, based on what I, what I sketched out in the demos. Another piece of trivia: If you hear any kind of like funny shouting at the back, and it's not Zook or Mayday or DKOS, that is my voice from the original uh, demos that I recorded that you hear in the final game. That so, is so cool. I'm gonna have to keep an ear out for that. Yeah, just hear if 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 it's kind of a wacky voice or something that, and uh, and the doublings as well. You know, like you know, um, when you see Zook and uh, when you see Zook in stool, he was constantly out of fuel. All he does is follow me like a stinking fly. He can help it because I'm the trailblazing guy. Zook knows nothing like a baby. Everywhere he looks, he thinks maybe. So you should probably you probably hear the backing, the like some kind of heart, like voice at the back. Most likely mm-hmm. for those things, whenever there's doublings, it's uh, a lot of it's me <laughs> at the back. Yeah, that, that is awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. 
and okay. uh, from a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be back, and we'll we'll go into the second half of the interview, which is going to be a a, li- a little less about the professional and just more about your experience and, and thoughts on on NSI. Okay. All right, cool, and that should be enough time for it to cut. So uh, Daniel's the one who does all the audio editing. Okay. Um, so he'll he'll cut this part. But uh, this is this is so much fun. Thank you, thank you so much again. Oh, cool. I hope you're. I hope you're welcome. My pleasure. Alrighty, and we are back with the second half of uh, our our notes our no straight roads interview with the DK West composer himself, uh, as Samad. Uh, so, as are you ready for the second half? Yeah, sure. Alrighty, so uh, last last little uh, question about your uh, about the whole uh, music production before we get into uh, more of the video game related questions that I had. Um, mm-hmm. So what, like you, again, you touched upon it a little bit with your, with your history with the, you know, playing video game music and everything, but what, what specifically got you or inspired you to make the leap from uh, playing video game music to getting into music production? Mm, that's a good question. So um, I guess the, the thing is this, uh, in, in a way, right, if you, you look at my my stuff i'm i'm not so much a music production person i'm not like an expert when it comes to like mixing or engineering songs or tracks but as a musician right um okay this is like long, this is kind of a long story but okay no as worries. a kid as a kid uh i grew up my first console was a two six hundred atari two six hundred mm. that was the very first system i played and then i had an i had an nes and my favorite memory is I played the very first Legend of Zelda and I was stuck on I would wake up in the morning to play like Zelda uh, for as long as I could, maybe 20, 30 minutes before I went to school. And my parents were, you know, my dad's a writer, my mom's a journalist, and so they're kind of creative people. They, they didn't bug me that I wanted to play video games in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you, so you have that. And so I, I grew up playing a lot of video games. And I think to me, looking at the whole journey, there's a lot of synchronicity that led me to this. Um, I grew up playing video games and then as a teenager I grew up loving hip-hop and because my dad's a writer and poet I've always been you know kind of writing rhymes as a teenager you know like kind of covering like um, different like you know just learning uh, different rap verses things like that and um, I think my one of my first uh, performances as a teenager was I actually did uh, Jump by Criss Cross I, I bought the single and back in the day, right, you couldn't just go on YouTube and just find a minus one or like instrumental version of a track. We actually, my dad actually bought me a single where you could uh, have crisscross jump, just the instrumental version for me to rap over. So I did all that. And then um, later on, as a musician, I picked up guitar because of uh, the band Nirvana. So because of mm-hmm. grunge music. So I had that, and then I, I played classical guitar. And you have to see everything, you, you'll see how everything connects. So then I, play, I mm. studied classical guitar because my dad told me, you know, you should study classical guitar, learn to read music. Then I went to, um, I went to a music school here, a music college here. Um, and that's where I learned like about jazz, about harmony, about how to arrange, how to, and at the end of my uh, time in, in college, my first degree, I did an internship at this place called Synchro Sound Studios. It's basically, at that point in time, this we're talking, this is 2003. That was the biggest recording studio in Malaysia at that point. They had like nine studios. You could one of the studios you could fit an orchestra inside. Oh wow! And I was, 
Yeah, it's crazy, dude. The place was that that place was legendary, and and the the interesting thing is, um, I got that internship because uh, one of my music business uh, teachers, he was he actually was one of the big guys that was responsible for the whole um, kind of a big part of the urban music scene in Malaysia. Uh, his name's Ahmad Izam Omar. He's also a Berkeley College of Music graduate as well, and. Um, He uh, hooked me up with uh, his friend Paul Moss, who is a very famous producer, and Paul hooked me up with Greg Henderson, who was the guy I interned with. And Greg Henderson is like a legendary mix engineer from Australia who moved to Malaysia. And I basically like you know spent months with him in the studio, learning how to mic stuff, how to set up the cables, how to set up the tracks, how to mix, how to clean all, edit audio and things like that. And I gotta say, I learned so much from that that period of time, which is funny because that's like probably like a three four month internship. But I learned so much about production and just how to record, how to set up tracks, how to set up microphones and things like that. So I learned a lot of technical stuff then. And then after that, what happened was uh, I graduated, I was gigging, and then I moved to the states. So I'll try to keep this short. But I basically I got I got a scholarship to go to Berkeley College of Music, and I did jazz composition and guitar performance. Over there, so I was in Boston, and then I I graduated. I moved to San, the San Francisco Bay Area. I did my masters in music, uh, jazz studies in San in San Jose State University, and then I moved back to Malaysia. And when I came back to Malaysia, you know, it's like a lot of the work was I was doing a lot of teaching. I was doing a lot of session. I was doing some session work. I was playing for orchestra a lot, and eventually that led to the video game music stuff and film music stuff. Um, yeah, I got I got to say like the the thing about That I liked about the No Straight Roads project was this really was a kind of culmination for, uh, and why I said synchronicity about my childhood because <laughs> number one, I love video game music. I was obsessed about video game music, and then I was obsessed about hip hop when I was a teenager, and I was in uh, I was into jazz for most of my twenties and early thirties. I mean, I, I still am a jazz guitarist, and uh, then I what happened later on, like the past four, five, six years, was I've been. Doing a lot more Malay jazz, Malaysian jazz music, and I've been studying Malaysian traditional music. You know, like not as deep as the Malay jazz stuff. That one I'm deeper. So when the the, the whole DK West thing, it's a combination of stuff all the way back from my childhood, man. From like my love of video game music, my love of hip hop, uh, my love uh, for like kind of composing and arranging, and uh, you know, like in fact, when I was in college, I did some of my projects. I did like hip hop tracks. In school, and a lot of my friends outside from my college time in Malaysia, they had no no idea that I did any any hip hop stuff, because most people know me as a finger style guitarist, instrumental guitarist, jazz guitarist, depending what year you met me. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if there's anything, I, I got to say that uh, that whole journey from childhood all the way to my teenage years, to the, my twenties and thirties, and being a jazz musician, studying Malaysian music is like really kind of prepared me for this gig. To kind of bring together all these different influences and things that I've kind of absorbed over like 24 years of doing music um, into this, so it's it's a lot of love. I put in a lot of love, and there's a lot of design and you know um, storytelling and all that. So, so yeah, that that's the journey, man. It it ob- it obviously shows, and and now you can say that you have one of I would argue I would argue one of the most popular tracks on the No Straight Road soundtrack. 
Yeah, I'm I'm very grateful for that. There's so many great composers in the game, man. I mean, and yeah, I mean to be honest, like I'm I'm quite obsessed with the Sayu track, you know. <laughs> That's I mean, like I'll, I'll be so... I'll, I'll be absolutely honest. I love DK West, but yeah, Sayu is my favorite. <laughs> I'm yeah, a, I'm... yeah. I mean, yeah. I love it as well. It's like so. It's so freaking catchy, man. I mean, uh, of course, I'm gonna be biased with my track, but you know, if I wasn't listening to my stuff, I would, I would be listening to the Sayu track. You know, it's so beautiful. Um, and I, I feel very honored to be. And if I mean, if you go on Spotify, man, the the whole the whole soundtrack is like four hours and a half of music. You know, there's a lot of music, and even the mm-hmm. DK West Encounters is like 18 minutes long in one language. You know, so. <laughs> There's a lot of music in this game. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, so, I, I'm I'm not I'm I'm kind of I'm like I kind of I'm kind of like an old fart. Uh, I've always been hesitant about getting a Spotify because I'm like, what is a Spotify? I don't know what that is. <laughs> and then I finally realized that No Straight Road soundtrack is on it, and I'm like, okay, no, I'm gonna learn what a Spotify is now. <laughs> Well, you know, you can just get it off the Bandcamp page. The Bandcamp page, you can download uh, the entire record. I think you can buy the, the. I mean, there's no physical version of the the entire record, but you you can go to the Bandcamp. Uh, I think it's Boss Battle Records, huh. and you can get the whole thing. Uh, if you're if you're an audio geek and you want it in high fidelity, I think you can download the WAV files or AIFF, whatever. Ooh. Um, yeah, those those are on the Boss Battle Record ones. So some, I mean, some, I know some people who. They will not listen to stuff on Spotify, uh, but they, they because they want to hear uh, as high fidelity as possible, you know. So, so you have choices, you know. Spotify is just convenient because it's there, you know. You can stream it, you know. It's on your phone or whatever device you're on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, this actually segues into into uh, one of our one of our more laid back and fun questions. So, obviously, yeah. besides our man DK West, he's our man. He's the best. Who is your <laughs> favorite NSR boss? My favorite NSR boss, man. That's such a difficult question. You know, uh, as I was playing the game, I mean, I've seen the levels beforehand. I played some of the demos uh, when when they were like bringing it to like shows here and stuff. Um, and now looking at the game now, I think from an emotional storytelling context, to me, it's a tie between Eve and Yunu. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a real tie because to me, Eve is like the expression of the battle between art and commercial viability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that I personally relate to because for many years, you know, I would just, you know, if I was doing uh, like a, an EP or an album, I just like, if I wanted to say something, I will make a record. I literally sit down and just like work on a record. I I didn't think whether would anyone buy this? Does anyone like this? I was like to me to me, I wanted to express what I wanted to say at that point in time. It's like a document of your art, and mm-hmm. I see Eve as that kind of like she's really. Expressing her struggles, expressing her life, expressing her mind via her fashion statement, via her art, via the music. So Eve to me is that that battle between because I mean on one side she's you know she's with no straight roads right I mean so she's kind of signed she's an artist for this big EDM corporation, mm-hmm. EDM empire. Um, But on the other side, you know, as as a as a, if you look at her as a musician, you know, she's very artsy and like kind of edgy. And then the the reason I said it's a tie because I looked at Yino and I'm like, you know, Yino is like the typical struggle of someone very young being forced to do music. Mm-hmm. And growing up in Asia, man, it's a very relatable Asian music story. I mean, so many of my friends, man, they they had to play piano as a kid because their parents forced them to. 
like every other person I know played piano as a kid because you know parents would be like you know hey my you know my daughter plays piano my son has grade eight piano oh she took the exam oh he can play this piece oh she can play this piece you know it's such a common story of kids beginning force and I've met uh, over the years I've I've as a as a music educator I've met uh, quite a well quite a number of prodigies that uh, you know I, I had a student before man he's like she was. She's 12 and she played in the orchestra. She played in the Malay- Malaysian Philharmonic Youth Orchestra and she can play both cello and bass, uh, 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 double bass. And she's like 12. <laughs> and I was teaching her at, at age 12, I was teaching her composi- composition. I was teaching her how to compose music at 12. So so when I look at... And it's kind of crazy because at 12, I didn't even play guitar yet. I played guitar mm-hmm. when I was 16. So it's like, okay. Oh, some I, people- I, was, I was playing like PlayStation. <laughs> So Dude, was, yeah, I, I was just I was just gaming, you know. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> I, I wasn't. So anyway, so the, I guess um, from the emotional storytelling, it's a tie between Eve and Yino. Now, on the flip side, just like I told you, <laughs> I like Sayu's track a lot. So mm-hmm. you know, if, if, talking from like purely from a listening perspective, I would probably listen to Sayu's track like all the time. Uh, but if I had to pick a character, it'd probably be Eve. <laughs> Yeah, if, if I had to pick one character, it'd be Eve because I I think that relates to my personal journey the most. Nice, I can I can absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. A uh, little bit harder choice. Well, I don't know if it is going to be a, a little bit of a harder choice because with the character that you uh, with the character that you helped compose for, but uh, who do you like more, Mayday or Zook? <laughs> you know what I when yeah I was thinking about this and I was like oh my god you know. Uh, Probably relate if I relate character-wise, it's more to Zook because I um I don't know whether you've heard of this. There's a personality test called an Enneagram test. I don't know whether you've ever seen it, but uh, I'm an Enneagram five, and so mm-hmm. to be honest, I'm like in public, I'm rather quiet. I, I know I'm I'm like kind of like really talkative right now, but uh, because I'm talking about something I like, you, you're asking me about stuff I like, stuff I know, so I, I'm I'm quite. You know, I have a lot of things to say, but in public, I'm actually quite quiet, and I keep a lot of things inside my head. And it's funny though, because, like I said, character-wise, I relate to Zook. But in the game, when I'm playing, I, I most of the time, if I'm playing a single player, right, I'm, I'm like sticking to Mayday because Mayday plays guitar and I play guitar. So in the, in the game, I end up playing Mayday a lot in single player because I relate to the instrument. Mm-hmm. And uh, the experience of doing the attacks with the guitar, I relate to that sensation more than. Uh, when I, when I switch to Zook and doing the drumming thing, it feels a bit feels a bit weird to me. I, I mean, I, I know when to I I kind of have a feel for when I should switch to Zook for combos, but I still enjoy playing Mayday. But character wise, I like Zook. So yeah, mm-hmm. and I I can completely relate to you with the uh, with the whole like quiet quiet in public, but kind of loud when you're doing like when you're in your zone. Because that's, yeah. that's kind of how I am with with my streams too. Is like when I'm off camera. Or when I'm when I'm not doing podcasts or doing streams or what have you, like I generally keep to myself. I can I can go an entire day without talking, but whenever I'm in front of the camera, people will say like, "Oh man, you're so you're so personable. You're so like energetic." I'm like, I don't know where that I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, I mean, man, if you haven't tried, um, if you if you Google and just check out the like Enneagram test, I think there's mm-hmm. like uh, there's type one until nine or something. When mm. I did the test, I did it just like a few weeks ago. I mean, 
uh, you know, there's all these kind of personality tests, but the Enneagram one was just so revealing for me. It was like probably the simplest explanation of why I behave the way I do. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like, like spot on, you know, so uh, check it out. You know, it might, might be interesting too. And this, you know, I, I find it, I find it super fascinating. For sure. I actually, I'll, I'll probably be doing that later on this weekend. And then uh, I'll, I'll actually message what I got. Yeah, let me know. Let me know what type you are. I'd be curious if you are like a four or a five or something. I mean, there's a lot of kinds, but the. Uh, but yeah, I'd be I'd be curious to see who, uh, what uh, whether uh, what what number you are. For sure. Uh, and last question for for today: um, Are there any other rhythm games out there that you're like just a big? Um, to be really honest, I haven't played that much many rhythm games for. Um, but for a period. When I used to live in Berkeley, California, I used to play the the Guitar Hero series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had a back in California. I had um, I mean I still have the PS2. I, I had a PS2 and I had uh, I was playing with my friends like basically just playing Guitar Hero. I would go I, I went to my friend's like house or something and he had like the guitar he had Guitar Heroes. I was I was kind of getting into that and then eventually I got like uh, the, the Guitar Hero controller things. I was doing that and uh, but that is pretty much probably the only rhythm game that kind of rhythm game that I played and in- interestingly about that is um, I got a lot of uh, for around that period I got I got quite a number of guitar students who started playing guitar because they were into Guitar Hero <laughs> so so there's that um, but yeah I haven't I actually haven't played that, that many rit- uh, rhythm games still having having yeah. that Guitar Hero experience is, is pretty pretty cool yeah all right, so uh, yeah, that will do it for today. It's a it's a really good length podcast, and once again, as thank you so much for for allowing me to interview you. Uh, I hope you had a wonderful time, and thank you so much for your contribution to No Straight Roads. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me, and and thanks so much for the wonderful questions and your warm welcome. I really appreciate it. Of course. Now, where now where can where can people find you? From from what I remember, you you uh, you've streamed, but where else can people find you in addition to your Twitch? Please feel okay. free to plug. Um, so, uh, on my I'm on Twitter a lot. So my my Twitter handle is just uh, twitter.com/slash/azsamad. So it's A Z or A Z American A Z S A M A D Azsamad. And uh, that is also where my YouTube is, Asamad, A-Z-S-A-M-A-D. And on uh, Instagram, A-Z-S-A-M-A-D. On, uh, on my Facebook page is Asamad Music. So that's the different one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I would be, if, if anyone wanted to message me or reach out, you know, Twitter is a great place to just, I mean, that's how you DM me. Twitter is really good. Facebook's good. Instagram, I'm on there a lot as well. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I post. I try to post YouTube videos uh, as, as frequently as I can. I also have a podcast on Anchor as well. So there, I have a podcast that I haven't done a new episode in a while, but I think I have probably like 200 plus episodes on um, this music from A to Z. And that's also like on Spotify and you know Apple Music, all the, all the regular places you'll find podcasts as well. And th- those ones are in English. Uh, because some of my content on my Facebook page is in Malay, uh, especially recently with my because I've been doing like a lot of um, guitar courses and music courses. So if anyone is if anyone of you guys are like kind of interested in getting into music or guitar or jazz or um, like kind of getting into the music industry, I share a lot of my experiences from my 
you know from the time I was uh, studying in Berkeley College of Music to like gigging and you know doing all sorts of music things from playing with orchestra and doing solo solo stuff and doing this video game thing doing film music so I share a lot of those experiences and tips and tips and tricks and like uh, like advice in my podcast and my blog and all sorts of places so I'm 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 all over the internet and Twitch is uh, I guess the latest thing that I'm checking out because I thought hey I'm going to play no straight roads I might as well just play the whole game on Twitch so that that would be fun yeah. for sure thank you and of course if you uh, if you listener would like to contact us uh, our podcast you can contact our email at ngpluspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the twitter uh, our new at is ngproductions uh, because now we have been branching out into several other uh, other show types uh, new game plus just being one of them uh, in addition you can find m- uh, myself uh, streaming at Twitch at twitch.tv slash AKL Trifecta or Twitter and Facebook, also AKL Trifecta. And while he's not here today, uh, he is absolutely with us in spirit. You can also find Dan streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the perpetual player one and also on Twitter as perpetual player. Once again, Oz, thank you so much for your time. Um, and whoa, just one more time, uh, can you give us just a really good Ewa? Ewa! Yeah, there we go. And of course, uh, to you, the listener, continue to wear your mask, stay indoors, stay safe, but continue to do amazing things. And we'll see you on the next episode of New Game Plus. Bye, everybody. Bye.